I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. My guest today is a woman who calls herself the money whisperer. Do you have an awareness of how you view money in your life? After meeting Morgana Ray, it made me really reflect on how I view money, and it has empowered me to be really aware of any negative thoughts or words I think or say about money. I think it's so important to realize the impact of the thoughts and words you speak in any manifestation in your life. Our words and thoughts are a direct reflection of our life. Are you constantly saying we can't afford this or we don't have enough money for that? Just by saying words like that, stop the flow of the abundance of anything coming to you. Look at your life and you will see so clearly your beliefs about money. Before we get started, I wanted to invite you to my free masterclasses coming up for both my Raising Confidence and Magic Path course. Both are an eight-week one-on-one course where I teach my six-step magical formula. My Raising Confidence is for kids ages 8 to 24, and the Magic Path course is for adults ages 24 and up. I have seen such transformation in both courses, and I am on a mission, like you all know, to empower and transform millions of lives with my courses and coaching services. There are links to both of these classes in the show notes, or you can email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com for more information or any questions. Let me give you a little background of Morgana Ray before we get started. Morgana Ray is the number one international best-selling author of Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. She's a sought-after teacher, speaker, and pioneer in the personal development. She is widely regarded to be the world's leading relationship with money coach. Morgana's groundbreaking program for creating wealth has featured her on ABC, NBC, Fox, PBS, Yahoo Finance, and the Wall Street Journal Online as a thought leader on the topics of wealth and relationship. She's been featured expert on programs with Deepak Chopra, Bob Proctor, Wayne Dyer, Marianne Williamson, and so many others. I'm so excited for you to meet Morgana and learn about her magical way of looking at money and how to treat money. So let's get this interview started. Welcome, Morgana Ray, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And before we hit record, I was telling you that you came to my life. I'd like everything comes when you're ready for it. And mm-hmm. I've loved so much learning about you and your story. And I love to, you know, just the fact that 
were similar in ages and what you've experienced in your life and found love at a later age, like I did. And just your journey from coming from just where you woke up and what made you realize that and why you are so the money coach and why you specialize in that. And I think for people, especially coaches, and especially for what I'm doing now and, you know, charging people for something that I love so much that I just want to give them because I, I want them to have it. I don't want money to be a reason that they're not going to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I'm going through these places and I learn about myself and I'm through my life. I've had, you know, always the law of attraction act as if, you know, go drive the car that you want to drive, smell the leather, go look at the houses, you know, do the vision boards, all the things that put your money, you know, all the things, but let's go back to where you started. And when you started learning that money was your lover. (laughs) Well, it didn't start out that way. In fact, I developed what I do because nothing else was working. I was applying myself to visualization. I had the sweetest vision boards. I had the mantras. I would listen to the hypnosis. I would just do everything my coach as would tell me to do. I was taking every class on inner stuff and sales strategy. And I'm this kind of national merit scholar, Ivy League girl, good student, like good girl. And it didn't matter. So I had been coaching in the entertainment industry starting in 96. And I have a lot of movie star director, producer clients who Hmm. got their break when I was coaching them. So I have all these testimonials and I have all these success stories. And you would think that that would translate into income, but it was like, I had, you want to talk magic? I had like superhuman powers to repel money. It was awe inspiring and devastating because I was doing everything you're supposed to be doing. I was really good at marketing. I would take the class on overcoming sales objections. I had happy clients. And somehow I was really, really good at, it's not a word, but I love to use it anyway, demanifesting. Like Mm -hmm. I took that class on overcoming sales objections and I was so good at it that seven people in a row. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it's like when somebody says, oh, I'd love to, but, Mm -hmm. but money, but time, whatever. There are all these classes and teachers who will tell you what to say and how to do it and all that kind of stuff. So I took a class. And I go, oh, and whatever the heck I was supposed to say, not a clue. I don't remember anymore. And it would work, (laughs) but seven, seven, this is really impressive. It's also a magical number. Seven times in a row, people would say, yes, they would hire me and didn't show up and didn't pay me. And it was that, right? That seventh time, and I'm really, I hope I'm impressing anybody out there who is feeling like a loser. My goal at this moment is to like outrank you. (laughs) Um, Oh my God, that seventh time, I just despaired. It was like, you know, you have, I think you have this certain reservoir of hope and then you deplete it. (laughs) And you're Mm -hmm. just like, you know, like when the gas is just like here, I just ran out of hope on that seventh time was just, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I remember just 
the despair, the frustration, the hurt, the rage. And I was in my little apartment and I, I remember pulling the blackout curtains and just, you know, in my little crypt bedroom and getting on the bed and lying down and wailing, just mm. kind of scream crying because I was so frustrated and hurt and frightened. Like this was never going to work. I've been doing everything I've been told to do. I have the websites. I've got the business cards. I've got the taglines. I have success stories. I have people who want to hire me and, and nothing's working. And I have this great coach and he doesn't know why it's not working. I have all these, I'm taking, I'm instead of making money, I'm spending money in all these classes and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And it was that moment where I knew that after years of searching for what I'm supposed to do in this world, what I'm here for, I'm, I, am, I was born a healer. I was born with the ability to see who people really are mm-hmm. and make things happen. And that's why I love the name of your show. Because people have been calling me magical from the beginning. It's just kind of my thing. And if I wasn't going to be able to make money at it, how was I going to be able to do it? And I felt hated by the world. And I hated the world back. It was really mutual. Hmm. And I didn't want to be here. Anybody who knows what that means. Like, I did not want to be here. Wow. And it was awful. And I remember just crying myself out until I had that moment when you're cried out and I had two thoughts. And one of them was maybe money needed to be my next area of spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, that is a Southern California cop-out because, you know, spirituality is in the water. It's really easy and comfortable for us. But maybe, maybe if I made it my next area of spiritual growth, I could have it in my life. So that was the first question, Mm -hmm. maybe. And the other was, I got really curious about what's going on inside of me that I don't know about that is pushing money away that can't be with money because this is weird. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. Like you go to school and they tell you do this and you get this result. That isn't how life works. At least wasn't my experience. Mm -hmm. And so the strangest thing happened was the next day I had a call with my coach and get this. I'm at this time. This was, you know, the nadir, the, I think that that's the bottom part. Yeah. Nader making a hundred dollars a month living in Los Angeles, one of the most expensive cities in the world. Oh Wow. Really in debt, but I still have a coach. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's why I'm here. Priorities. Yeah. And he, wonderful guy. And for months, he was like saying, well, try this, try that. Really, really good coach. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And he had this weird, inspired moment that changed my life, which was I'm sharing what's going on in my despair. And he asked me, and this is where you really want to lean in. Mm-hmm. He asked me, if your money was a person, who would your money be? Mm-hmm. And I saw my money in an instant. Hmm. And it was this big, scary, dirty, violent biker dude, you know, with the white beater shirt and the long sideburns, bald hair, some tattoos. Nothing wrong with bikers, but this guy 
This guy was scary. And I could feel myself recoiling from him. And I could also feel like I hypervigilant attention looking as I, I imagine we were at this live event and I had my eye on him all the time to create maximum distance. And that was my light bulb moment. Hmm. That was the moment when I realized, oh my God, that is why I don't have money. That is why I'm pushing it away and I'm repelling it because I am protecting myself from it. And this is a really huge concept here because I've coached thousands of people now. And I am of the opinion that whether it's money, love, health, fame, whatever it is, your thing, health, whatever it is, if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and by the way, I followed the same process with love and it worked there too. Oh, cool. If you are doing everything you're supposed to be doing and your results don't make sense, Mm-hmm. Like you're applying yourself and you're doing it for a long time and it's not paying you back, then it is my experience that there's a very high probability that you are protecting yourself from what you want. And this is not blame because you're not conscious of it. If you were conscious of it, you would fix it. Right. But if you are consciously applying yourself and not getting the results, you're like hitting the wall. It's very useful to look under the hood and find out why you are protecting yourself from something you want and maybe even need. Mm -hmm. And I have found that there are always really, really good reasons. So I really want to put this out here that you are not a failure. You are very successful at protecting yourself from a real threat. The problem is protecting yourself from that real threat could kill you, Hmm. especially if it's something like money, something you need, health, something you need. So what we want to do is we want to find out what is the problem? What is the root cause the danger that you're protecting yourself from so that we can make what you want safe. Because when what you want is safe, then it comes and stays easily because you don't have some unconscious driver to get rid of it. You know, we're like 2% consciousness and the rest is 24 seven, never has to rest unconscious. And that's where our results are. So we need to start communicating with the subconscious not fighting with it, but finding out what it needs to make it safe to have what you want. So back to my story, this biker dude, what I call now my money monster, the first one, Mm -hmm. it was really clear to me because it was a full body experience and it only works as a full body experience. It's It's not an intellectual exercise. It's like, oh, I knew that if that was money, it could not stay in my life. That mm-hmm. like, I, I would never allow it. That we could not coexist. And I could never have money in my life if it was that guy. So I, I had to get rid of that guy. He had to be out. I think at that time, this was 2003, March. Mm-hmm. I think we just sort of broke up. 
I'm way more bloodthirsty now. I find when I'm coaching clients, we are annihilating. We are annihilating it. We are leaving no bloody bits. Huh. <laughs> you know, just. But how do you like before? Like when I heard that story on a podcast, and I was, I asked my husband, "We need that question." So I'm sitting there thinking, "What is mine?" Mm. Do you put them through like a meditation to like? Here's that is such a good question. Thank you for asking that. So who it is is step number two. And you can't get there without going through step number one, which is uncovering the root cause. And this is the weird, freaky, counterintuitive thing that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't coached all these people, is that the money monster is, you'll never find it or it's unlikely that you will ever really find it in the money story, the money circumstance. Money is like the symptom. It's on the surface because it's made up mm-hmm. by human beings. We decide, oh, this purse is worth $5 and this purse is worth $5,000, but they're just bags. Right. So <laughs> what money represents, and this is what makes it such a fascinating, fertile, sticky, powerful thing because it has like, I'm mixing metaphors everywhere. This is what I do, but it has its fingers in every part of your life, in your love life, in your family life, in your free time, in your spirituality, in your life purpose, your health, your environment. Like there's nothing that money doesn't affect. Right. So, you know, it can be really monstrous, but changing that relationship is the most efficient, elegant way to change your entire life. Because our relationship with money really is a metaphor for our relationship with life. And what money represents, this is step one. This is where you need to go first. It's always, in my experience, related to our wounds around our own lovability. Like worth? Well, and worth. They're almost the same, very similar. Worth is like, I deserve this. I'm worth paying, I'm worth $150,000 for 10 months. But I know people who have no problem with that, but they don't feel lovable. So there's a little difference. So it doesn't have to be all of it. Right. There's some people with great relationships and terrible money. There's some people with billions of dollars who can't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've coached both. And there are, and, but so things about love, things about how valuable am I and things about safety and, and my very right to exist, especially in the United States where healthcare is tied to how much money you have, which is, really perverse, but that's right. Well, we're going to leave that out of it. Um, <laughs> <Tell> me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that has ever made you feel ashamed, embarrassed, not good enough, uh, you know, early childhood experiences, if you had parents who made you feel not loved or not safe or not good enough, they were your first experience of money. Now, also, you may have had great parents, great, happy, happy childhood, and you thought life was going to be a certain way, and then it wasn't. So that's like a bait and switch dynamic. And then there's the what's wrong with me? What am I not getting? You know, 
Mm-hmm. So, what, what was you? You were the one that had a good family. No, were... I had the traumatic family. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a mix. I had a mix. I was a good student, but you know, there's, um, that's more for a discussion of my love monster. Okay. Um, but I do find that money issues in my experience, if you dig deep enough, are love issues because it's like feeling loved by the universe. Oh, look, the okay. universe loves ah, me. I have a bounty. Gotcha. Oh, the universe doesn't love me. And I'm not even allowed to get medical care. It's like really painful. So I encourage you. I know I spend a lot of time on step one, but that's where when I coach, I spend the most time is just digging, 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 digging until I feel like we've got a critical mass. Right. So things. So you're just have, asking questions about their childhood. You're like going. I'm, I'm asking, but more than that, I'm feeling for where is the energy? Where's the pain? Where's, oh, I'll have that. Oh, moment. Oh, we found it. So I'll just, I'll start out very light, very low pressure, very surface, very relaxed. And we'll just gently go deeper and deeper and deeper until we hit that. Okay. We've got it. Hmm. Now we have enough. and. When it's there, it's like it is everything. We're looking for everything that makes life not worth living. So this is sort of like the anti-law of attraction step. Okay. Where this is alchemy, where you have been through some stuff in your life. So you've paid the price already. You've paid the price of admission. And now we are going to make it work for you. Because it would be the worst thing to go through your worst experiences and not do anything with them, you Mm -hmm. know, not get any value from them. So we're going to, even if you've healed it, but oh, if there, if you can go there and feel, oh yeah, and find something more, I want to milk your life challenges for everything that we can get out of them because Otherwise, why go through them? I believe that they're sacred. I believe your victim experience is sacred. Totally. We can use it. So whatever it was, it could be accidents. It could be something you did that you're ashamed of. It could be your broken heart or friends who turned on you or a teacher said something or parents said or did something or didn't or anything. We are just looking or, and it's not actually so much or, it's really, I'm just feeling for the critical mass, stuff in the world. I really like to make it very, very personal to you because it's your personal relationship. But some of us are really, really passionate about world events, human trafficking, animals, climate, whatever it is that it's like does not belong in your life, does not belong in your universe. We want to pile that in because then step number two is what if it were a person? And that is a tricky leap. Right. So, and by the way, I told you, I hold nothing back. So I just try to throw in every secret trick that I can cram into our two seconds. Yeah, but when you say this, the, like the, this, the, the events, mm-hmm. people explain that to me when they hold on to those events. It's like okay. This- we want them to have them available. The worst thing for me as a coach, the client that I'm least likely to take is like, well, I have an okay relationship with money, but I'd like to make more. And there's just like, there's no 
no polarity there. Uh, what I want is I want drama. I want dramatic results. I want the Perry Jones Grossman who had nothing when she came to me and three years later had over $12 million. I like, you know, I'm a drama yes. queen. I just, yes. but I put the it extreme. in coaching. Right. Well, I was <laughs> reading on your website. I mean, keep these uh, testimonials. Like after I saw Morgana, the, the next day I had $10,000 check and That happens a lot, $10,000 especially. And like, I can't, and I will tell anybody, and I'm telling you right now, I can't predict what happens when or how much. Right. But what I can do is I can take somebody through this process on such a deep level that on, by the end of it, it doesn't matter because the money, the numbers, great for marketing, but it's like the frosting and it's great frosting, right? but it's the side benefit of having a very different, wonderful relationship with existence, because that's secret. That is what I'm coaching here. Yes. But money is such a part of it. And it's that part of our existence that really needs love and healing, not just for us, but for the whole planet and the survival of everybody. That's why I tend to focus on that piece of it. So in answer to your question, so when you have your own personal mass of ick, right? Oh, oh my God, I hate life. It's horrible. Look at all this terrible stuff. It's like, great. Now we can move on. Imagine how big this person is. Is this person hot or cold? What does this person smell like? And we're just really, really, really easing into the emergence of your money monster. Okay. So for some of us, like it happened for me accidentally. I don't know why this biker dude showed up like he did. I'm usually not that good at visualization, but because I wasn't trying, it just showed up because I think this is the work I'm supposed to do. Right. But we want to ease you into like that translation of the experience of everything that you don't want in your life Mm -hmm. to personifying everything you don't want in your life. So that then you can reject everything you don't want in your life. And when you make it a person, it's we have because we have experience with people, it's easier to get rid of it. Right. Got it. So the first time around when I did it, we just broke up. But now I'm like, bring out the Jedi swords and the get it, the flamethrowers and whatever, (laughs) because there's this. Durga, like the sacred angry goddess energy of of obliterating what doesn't get to be in your life. And when we're in that sort of heavy, dark, damp victim experience, that fire of no, the, you know, Archangel Michael with the sword is like, no, (laughs) cutting the cord is really liberating. And so that step three is annihilating the money monster. Like physiology. Like you're doing something with your body. It's changing the, right? Some people do. It can work with somebody just like this. Okay. And so for anybody who's listening, who's not watching the video, I'm being, I'm sitting very still. But, and then sometimes people get up wildly and they're slashing and they're stabbing and, or making roaring noises and all of it's good because all that matters is that at the end of it, the monster is gone. Like no bloody bits to reconstitute into little money monster zombies. It's like eradicated. 
okay. completely gone and you can feel the goneness. So you got uh, rid of the biker, the coach right. that your coach at that time walked you through this he, no, he had no idea what was going to happen. He just asked me a question and it, it was like ah. tipping the domino. I actually invited him to partner with me in doing this with others. And he said, you know, it only worked for you. This is your thing. Hmm. And that was, it'll be 20 years in March of 2023. And then I had to figure out how to make it work for other people. Cause then I, I didn't get to the end of the story because I, I wander. This is what I do. (laughs) But at the end of like, getting rid of the monster and then replacing it with a new relationship with money. I picked up four clients the very next day at double what I'd ever charged before. And then, and not marketing money. I was just marketing coaching, but because human beings have money issues, I would try it out on them. And then it was really surprising to me because the first few times I tried to coach people through what I had gone through, nothing happened. It was just like flatline because I didn't take them into that dark monster place first. And I needed to figure out what would make it work for them. And so I'm kind of trying to catch you up on a first date here with like 20 years of my own experience, coaching thousands of people to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I'm giving, I'm really trying to sneak in as much as I can because I get so inspired by emails from strangers talking about how their life changed. It just makes the world a happy place for me. Yes. So, and out of those people, the people who had some great result make the best clients later. So I know I had a lot of teachers who said, teach the what, not the how. I'm not capable of that. One of my favorite clients, I've got my book here. Hello, Visual Prop, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation. One of my clients, Pam, it's a journal. So people just buy it every year. Half of it's book, half of it is, you know, do it yourself, self-coaching program so that I don't have to physically coach everybody myself. And she was on her second year when she had her first quarter of a million dollar sales month. Wow. And I'd never coached her. I didn't know she just existed. through the book, just, just through, through the, book. the book. Oh my goodness. And then she called me and I was like, I read her applications. Like I'm putting her on my calendar because my stuff works for her. That looks like a good client. Right. Huh? How do you decide? Like, even for you, how do you decide or help people decide what to charge? How does that decide? Oh, that is such a great question. So when you get the money monster, everything that makes you feel undeserving, unworthy, unloved, that the world is not fair, that there isn't enough, that it isn't safe, all that kind of stuff, and that it isn't safe for other people. And all of that has been obliterated. Right. Money monster is gone. I am going to get to your question. Got it. But I'm first going to bring in the money, honey. When it's the monster is gone, it creates a vacuum. And that's a problem. Like I got rid of my monsters like, yay. Uh Oh, I live in Los Angeles and I have no relationship with money. Oh, that's not a good thing. But I didn't, if you've ever had a bad boyfriend, it's like, Ooh, I don't want to get into that again. Right. So I was like, okay, who could I have in my life who I want so much that I'd be willing to have this person in my life, even though it's money. And being a ridiculously love obsessed romantic 
silly person. Instantly, I saw this tall, dark, handsome, sweet young man with like clean cut, wearing a tuxedo, holding a bouquet of red flowers who was over head over heels in love with me. And that was money. And that was weird. Because the idea of money being in love with me was like nothing that had ever crossed my consciousness before. And he was sweet and he was safe. He wasn't like, hey, baby, you know, trying to get anything from me. He was just like, I love you. And you've been breaking my heart for the last several decades. Please stop. (laughs) You know, I want to be with you. And that was so meeting your money, honey. And I like to say meeting rather than creating because I don't want people going, okay, does he look like Denzel Washington or does it, you know, it's right. It's really nice when he just shows up and maybe isn't even what you expected, but but he's like, Ooh, I like that. And the most important thing is that he loves you. This is how, you know, it's a new relationship and it's your money, honey, and not just another monster in a cute suit or a tight dress is he loves you as you are, exactly as you are. And he loves you more than anybody else in the world because he's he chooses you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do anything to earn his love. But because you have a body, you have power, which means that you're the gatekeeper. That was like the, the whoa, this is weird because I realized in that moment that I met him that, I had been pushing him away all these years. It wasn't him. It was me pushing him away. Right. And he and I could feel how much he wanted to be with me. So I asked him, what do you need from me so you can stay with me? Not, this is a very different question than what do you need from me to love me? Because I know a lot of people hear that because of our loved ones. Right. But no, love is on the table. It's there. It's non-negotiable. That's the definition of your money, honey. It's really more like the God of love than money. It doesn't feel like money. And when I teach my money goddess experience, that's my annual retreat. I used, I did it in Bali for a bunch of years this year. I'm doing it in Mexico. I love the myth of Psyche and Eros, Cupid, the God of love, because it's exactly the same story as the money monster and the money honey is she thought love was a monster and tried to, right. And discovers that he's really love and has always wanted to be with her. But she hadn't felt deserving or safe to take him in until she went down into her own personal hell and came back. So Hmm. we've already done the hell, gone. We're on the fun stuff. So I asked my money, what do you need from me? And he said, I just, I need you to love me. And I need you to stop pushing me away. That was our very first conversation. And I was like, I get it. I get it. I felt I could feel like what a, what a hurtful person I had been unintentionally. And I didn't want to hurt him like that anymore. So when I talk about loving money, it's coming from that really like nice, loving, caring, generous person, not this like, what's in it for me? What have you done for me lately? Kind of thing. And then that's five is having that conversation. The sixth step of six steps is then you take some sort of concrete measurable action because, okay, so he wants me to love him and he wants me to stop pushing him away. What does that look like? So we had a conversation and we agreed that next time he brought me a gift, instead of treating it like, ew, ew, scary, gross. (laughs) (laughs) I have to have the money conversation. Ew, ew, ew. Instead of that, that's not loving. 
Right. I would say thank you energetically. And verbally, I would go, this is my fee. And then I would do the hardest thing in the world is just shut up and let people make a decision. So answering your question about knowing what to charge. This is a great conversation to have with your money, honey. The first time I was invited to speak, I was invited to speak and teach this at the 10th Annual International Coaches Federation Conference. By the way, a bunch of current seven-figure coaches were in my audience that day, and I've coached some of them. Oh, cool. Like they're now these big money gurus, but they were, you know, I was their coach for their relationship with money. And it started at this ICF conference. And as always, my my response is, yay, I got what I wanted. Oh, God, no, I got what I wanted. Ugh, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided, well, I better try it out as a group thing because I've only been coaching individuals. And I know how to get results with individuals, but I've never taught it to an audience before. So I'm going to throw it together and I'm going to do it for free because they're letting me try it out. And my money, honey, was like, no, you don't. No, 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 not for free. You're giving value. You are going to charge. So I'm like, okay, how much? And I think my money, honey, said something like $200. And I was like, oh, no, money, honey, how about five? <laughs> and we, oh, funny. <laughs> we negotiated back and forth. And I think ultimately I charged, I think, $40 because that was the rock bottom minimum that he would let me charge without him feeling insulted. So I did this workshop that I was going to do for free and I made a couple thousand dollars. Oh. And that was my first experience negotiating. So there is the relationship with money who, if you want to make money happy and you want him to stay with you, the nothing will ever make him happier than you being good to yourself and being loving, being in aligned with your value, not being exploitative because that's not this game. You know, your money, honey, wants to save the world with mm -hmm. you and help you as your partner, not do it for you, but we'll take a look at you and go, Ashley, you are so damn beautiful and so brilliant. And you have so much to give. Start acting like it. Mm -hmm. I see it in you. So you're going to, you know, that that's kind of the energy that your money, honey, will give to you. Um, and it may be, so do that thing you've been putting off. Take that first step. Uh, or charge this. And again, you can negotiate, but you want to get that, that feeling of resonance. And that's what, you know, my law of attraction friends will understand. Like mm -hmm. when I charge too little, which may be more than I ever imagined coaching for a few years ago, right. but it hit, I'll, I'll be at a certain price point until it feels exhausting and it feels heavy. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I say the word, ooh, and I feel that sinking feeling in my chest of self-betrayal. And then I know, oh, I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have to expand. And what's the number? And I hear the number. And then, oh, but that's scarier. That's uncomfortable. But I try it out. And maybe somebody says instantly, yes. Sometimes I've had 20 people hire me after this was in 2007. I was still charging too little. And people stopped hiring me. Because hmm. of what? They don't think. Because I was out of alignment. Because my results did not. One stranger, one blessed stranger out in the universe sent me an email saying, I have trouble believing your results if you're only charging 750 a month. 
And I was like, oh, well, that's good information. And I had to, the moment I upped my price to at that point, and I think doubled it for a single, instead of $750 a month, it was like $1,500 for a single session, 20 people hired me because it was the right number. So I know that my depression era father would drill into me. You have to lower your prices, but that can be repulsive Mm -hmm. because then people think you lack confidence or even worse that it isn't worth it. And I think people really want the results they want. And if they understand the cost of not having that result, they get they can make an intelligent adult decision, whether it's yes or no. I'm also really not attached. I don't have that neediness to have the yes, because I would rather have the dreamiest, easiest, most wonderful client. And those yes. are the people who say stuff to me, like my soul is screaming for this. Right. I'm going to make it happen. I have to have it. And their circumstances may look impossible. There's one of my favorite clients, Tanya Anderson. When she went with me to Bali in 2013, she was living in a trailer park without electricity or water. Oh my gosh. And was quitting her job to go to Bali with me and didn't have the money. And not only did she make it happen, but she's been back to Bali with me like, I think another four times. And now she is running, she owns a million dollar construction company and she's living in a mansion. Oh, I love that. So at a certain point, I had to stop judging what people could afford yes, and give them the respect for them to decide. And by the way, having the money is not as powerful. Anybody can have the money and write a check, but the people who don't have it, but make it happen anyway, have already grown several sizes in power by the time yes. they show up. So and then, true. and then it's, even like more pressure on me to make sure that I'm worthy of their trust, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I thrive on that pressure. Mm -hmm. So how to raise the money is you will deliver more. If you actually care, just lean into that pressure to deserve it. It will up your game. Right. Your results will get bigger. And knowing what you know about what you deliver and how you change a life. If you had the opportunity to hire you, Mm -hmm. what would you be willing to pay? And that number, knowing what you know, should be huge. Yes, it is huge because I do feel that way. And I feel that if these kids don't have when I am teaching, their life, they won't see who they truly are. When I see them do this with me, I'm like, oh, and they are like sponges. They want it so bad. And then they're to think, I always say like, you know, you go to the seminars at, in your thirties and the, you see the people crying and, you know, on the floor, my life and all those things. And I thought, gosh, how I raised my girls. And now I see they're 12 and 15 and I, it comes into life now. All the things that I've put in their brains since they could hear me, and I see it and I see the difference. If I don't get this to the world, that's exactly how I feel yeah. that it, they will, they won't be, they'll suffer. They won't see the beauty that they, they're so powerful. They can be, do, or have anything in this life. 
And that is where I'm at. And when you say those words, you're so right. But you know, when you, when you have that feeling of serving and giving, and you want that so bad for people, you know, and that's where your heart is. That's why I can see the, oh, just, I don't want money to be the the reason you're not going to say yes to me. I'm very, very flexible about payment plans, but I must be paid. Right. And I don't give discounts on coaching. But here's the thing. This is another thing is I let people say no. And this allows me to say, this is my fee. I refuse to use any manipulative sales tactic. I want the decision to be easy, even if coming up with the money is not. I'm not going to manipulate anybody into anything. Mm -hmm. In fact, I want the sales call to be them selling themselves for why they are the right fit. And I'm listening for certain pain points that it's like, oh, that. Oh, I love that one. You know, not that I want anybody to be in pain, but it's like, oh yeah, I know that one. And certain clients just feel super duper easy and effortless. And and it's like, and miracles happen. And so that's what I'm listening for. And for the people that I don't coach, I'm not the only coach in the world. And I have my book and I have my self-study programs. and. I have my Bali retreat. You know, I have other, I have different ways of getting what you need. And maybe, maybe you want to work with me for a year and that's something aspirational, but maybe now is a good time to do a VIP day or my goddess retreat in Mexico or start with my book. You know, I want there to be something for everybody. I really believe that transformation should be available at every price point, but not me. Right. So I do this with the full intention of that. This is going to be magical for somebody listening. But what's the difference? Describe men when you work with men versus women. Thank God I worked with men. Let me just say, thank God I worked with men because a lot of what I say, my approach to money is really, really girly. I mean, you know, it's very relational. It's very emotional. It's very romantic. And men have pain too. Men have money pain too. This works on them too. The first time one of my clients made $1.5 million in six weeks, it was a guy. So we love men. Thank goodness that I was coaching men during all of my wasteland years of being single and being on really bad dates because my clients showed me that men want to be good men, (laughs) you know, sweet and vulnerable. They want to make their person happy. You know, it was like, I'm so grateful for that. So my favorite difference about men is, so women usually have, a masculine money monster, not always. It's totally not necessary. For men, it could go either way. It could be a masculine money monster. It could be a very castrating female money monster. That doesn't matter either. But what's really fun is after they've slayed the monster and they meet their money, honey, for women, it's usually like, you know, big, handsome money, honey, if 
the woman likes men. You know, <laughs> if because it really doesn't matter. You just pick the gender that that makes your heart sing. But it's always a it's always a, a it's always a human. It, yes, it has to be human. It really uh, one of the things that I learned from coaching people is what works and what really doesn't work as well. Now, sometimes occasionally somebody might start with something transitional, but the big money comes when the money, whether it's the monster or the honey, it's both when they feel really, really real. I got it. Uh, So we don't want the monster to be too cartoonish. That's a way of protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. We want the honey to feel so real that my client says, well, I feel like I'm cheating on my spouse. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) because you're not cheating on your spouse with your imaginary friend who doesn't have a body, but that erotic energy will be really, really fantastic when you bring it to your relationship with your human honey. And this process has saved so many marriages because I had one woman in her, her story, her letter is on my success page on my, on my website, MorganaRay.com writes about how after doing my money goddess program with me, that she had this money, honey, who, Provided for her the stuff that her husband didn't and shouldn't, Hmm. which made her so much happier in her marriage and made her marriage happy. I can see that. That's good. It just creates so much. It's really, you feel so loved and you feel so good about yourself and so good about life. And that just, that, that's like the Mary Tyler Moore theme song, who can turn the world on with a smile? We, we become radiant. We women. So guys, love the guys. This is what happens when a guy slays the monster. And I'm talking about a guy who likes girls, but it really doesn't matter. But he, so we women are like, oh, money, honey. And we just sort of like swoon into his arms. And we're just like, oh, I feel safe. And then the guys are like, they slayed the money monster and their money, honey's like, oh, you saved me from the monster. You're my hero. And the man is like, yes, I am. And he's like, yes, I'm the man I always wanted to be. I love that. I oh my gosh. That. Oh, I love that. With your husband, let's go before we end here. But when you met him at 45 and then got married at 47, right? Mm-hmm. For the first time. For the first time. <laughs> and tell everybody your goal with him. Is your... It was his idea. He oh. totally made this up. I, you and I were talking about how we manifested our loves. And I was going on all these trips, speaking in Norway and Australia, and just like all these amazing, exciting, romantic places alone. And I hated it being alone. And I kept saying, I want to travel the world with the love of my life. And I met this guy on one of the dating apps called Travel Guy with the worst (laughs) photo ever put on a dating app. It's like, ew, but he writes a good letter. So I'll talk to him. And I dug a little deeper in his profile. And there was one photo of him playing a guitar where it's like, oh, he could be cute. And that's the photo that actually looks like him. But he wasn't looking to find his love on a dating app. He just figured from a magical standpoint that if he put his profile on a dating app, it would send a message to the universe. And then the universe would bring him his person at the checkout line at the grocery <laughs> store at the library. But I got there first. Oh, I so, love that. 
he came up with the idea of getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries because we both love travel. And it happened by accident a little, almost two weeks after we eloped, he proposed to me while I was leading my retreat in Bali and he was on a photo safari in South Africa over zoom. Oh my gosh. And it was whiplash. I was just so not prepared. Like I'd already decided he's the one and I'll say yes, but I thought it would take him a few more years to get there. And (laughs) so we went to Puerto Vallarta because he had a photo assignment there. And he said, hey, I just got married. Can I bring her along? And I said, sure, make it a honeymoon. And it was amazing. Hmm. And we were passing by their iconic cathedral, Our Lady of Guadalupe in downtown Puerto Vallarta. And he just thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny (laughs) if we got married again? So he said, hey, want to get married again? And I said, absolutely. So we just all sweaty and greasy and dirty. We had just had massages, like totally messes, just went, walked into the cathedral, went to the front, exchanged our vows, and it landed so much deeper the second Hmm. time. Like, whoa, I really get it this time. I'm not just speaking words and we make up new vows every time. And he saw, he saw that I was all misty eyed and I was like, oh my God, he really loves me. Oh, that makes me want to cry. That's so great. And that was when he thought, well, we need to keep doing this because I picked the most insecure human being on the planet. And maybe if I marry (laughs) her a hundred times, she'll figure out I like her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh my gosh. That's, but you make up your own vows. Like you just go in and start talking. Yeah. Which by the way is so great because I don't know what he's going to say. So it's never mechanical and we know each other more every time. Oh, that really like, does touch my heart. I do have tears. That's amazing. Well, I, would just I get say, the magic of it. Everybody go ahead and do it. Yeah, go I get that. Do it. Just go somewhere and get married. If you've just had a fight and you're choosing each other, even mm-hmm. though you had a fight and you wanted to run away the day before and you're standing there choosing somebody, what you say has a depth mm-hmm. because you, you're you like, I'm really here for better, for worse. I am going to love you even when I despise you. Right. <laughs> oh, I love that. So you've had how many so far? 25 and 20 countries. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And I think it's a great relationship practice. It just makes the honeymoon go on forever. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Oh, so amazing. Oh gosh, Morgana. You have my permission and everybody watching to totally rip us off and go do this. I think it's a great idea. Oh, it's amazing. It really did touch me because I can see why you do that, why the importance of that and the magic in that, you know, and what it does for your relationship. That's amazing. It really does. And I want you to also hear that I said, I'm the most insecure person in the world and I'm still worthy of love. Mm. And I still got to have this beautiful relationship that truly lights me up, that we don't have to be all fixed. That's not the point of life. There's so much that is lovable about our little, weak, flawed human parts. Right. And I think that's a big part of what all the work I do is about is bringing love to the parts that need love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You're like a little angel. You are, you look like this sweet little, even when you talk with your eyes, I can see the light, you know, mm-hmm. and why you're doing what you're doing. It's beautiful. Thank you. 
will you tell everybody where we can find you and what yes. you're doing now and anything fun yeah. coming up? Well, you can find me at MorganaRay.com. So all you have to do is add a .com at the end of my name. Perfect. And the most exciting thing coming up is I'm doing my Money Goddess Retreat in September. And it's the first time in Mexico. Where in Mexico? In San Miguel de Allende, which I've now been there seven times. It's one of those places that you go and then you just can't stop going oh. back. It's in the center. It's a couple hours away from Mexico City. I haven't been to Mexico City yet. I fly in through a a city called Guanajuato, which is itself really spectacular. But San Miguel has been voted the best city in the world to live in by Condé Nast magazine over and over again. It's this gorgeous, tiny, it's a designated Puebla Magica, which means magical town. And it's brightly colored cobblestone streets art, culture, spirituality, just it's really, uh, and food and, and it's beautiful and walkable. Hmm. And I found like the one resort that's very gardeny and it's part of the historic central, but it's a little out of it. So it's quieter Mm -hmm. and just booked a bunch of rooms and then one house for us to meet in. And I'm going to be doing that in September. And I'm so excited because I've, I've always done it in Bali. So, and I love Bali and I'll go back to Bali, but right now it's shut down because of the pandemic. And I want to make sure that all of my friends and loved ones in Bali stay safe. Right. But San Miguel has opened up safely. We just got back Thursday from oh, a week wow. in San Miguel and to celebrate my husband's birthday and for me to make sure that I knew what restaurants we're going to go to and make sure everything is set up for September. And that I'm just so excited about what is the magic there. It's my favorite thing to do because I only take four to six women. Oh, wow. So that every woman gets coached from monster to honey and then everything else And anything she brings and wants help on, like total access to me for a whole week. Oh, wow. So special. And they bond for life. And I bond with them for life. So I have to do it again because I fall in love. And then I'm like the crazy ex-girlfriend who can't get over the last group. So I need to do a new group. So that's the thing I'm excited about. And that's in September. Go to my website, MorganaRay.com and, uh, you know, look under programs or go to beamoneygoddess.com directly to learn more about the retreat. How do you Uh, pick those people since there's so few? They apply. And based on my energetic hit on the application, I decide whether or not to initiate, uh, to offer them, offer someone an interview. And I haven't, I can just feel, and it's not even based on, likelihood. It's just sometimes I can feel, oh, this Mm -hmm. is my person. Right. So you fill out the application really thoughtfully because I'm really tuning in. Mm -hmm. And then if it's like, Ooh, this person feels right. I'll issue an invitation to have a conversation and then we'll talk and I'll be listening for is what you want and need what I'm really good at providing and delivering. And then we decide if it's a, and also, will this person be good for the group? But mostly, will this person be happy? Can I provide what this person wants and needs? And how will this fit with the group? And 
If it's an easy yes on both sides, I will issue an invitation. Hmm. But the tricky thing is it's so small. The group is so small that once it's full, it's full. Right. And that's kind of heartbreaking. Right. But sometimes, you know, people want to do it for years. I had this woman from Kazakhstan do a retreat with me. And first I was trying to talk her out of it because I didn't think she could afford it. You know, my thinking Mm -hmm. and her English was extremely limited. And I kept saying, well, you know, why don't you? And I kept trying to steer her to other things. Right. And then it came down to, I've been saving up all year and I have to do this. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I can't say no to that. No. And it worked. Like because of her language barrier, all the other women would show up and make sure that she was where she needed to be at the right time. Like everybody Uh. was, everybody was looking out for each other. And because so much of what this is, is, is like, even if she doesn't know the words or I don't know the words, I can follow the subtext. I can follow the energy. The coaching worked anyway, which was Hmm. like my biggest concern. And it worked. Oh, that's so neat. And I've heard from her since. So that was neat. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love what you do. Thank you. Yeah, so beautiful. Uh, We're not far away from each other. No. We'll have to find a way one day to meet in person. The birds just agreed. (laughs) I just heard that. Anyway, thank you so much. My pleasure. Loved it. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, always look for the magic.